2: and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Moson.
3: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The verdict is in in the most controversial case in the country. That would be the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Everybody seems to have an opinion about it. Not very many of those opinions are particularly informed by fact. So on this podcast, we're going to get back to our roots, and we're going to break down the case, what actually happened, what the law says, what the politics says, and what is going to happen now. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz.
5: with Ted Cruz is brought to you by Stamps.com. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. Here at Soundfront, we use Stamps.com to send you merch like that sweet, sweet cactus hat to do business on the road and to save time and money. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online, or running an office, or a side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. And get discounts on post office and UPS shipping services without making the trip. Discounts you can't find anywhere else. Like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. So save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code VERDICT for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code VERDICT. Verdict with Ted Cruz is also brought to you by AMAC. Did you know there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than 2 million members and counting? It's called AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. So stand with me and over two million patriots by joining right now at AMAC.us forward slash cactus. That's amacus forward slash cactus. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. Join today at amac.us forward slash cactus. A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash cactus. Verdict is also sponsored by American Hartford Gold. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed everything is getting expensive. We are in the biggest economic crisis since 2008, with a government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them right now. Call 855-768-1883. That's 855-768-1883, or text CACTUS to 65532. Again, that's 855-768-1883, or text CACTUS to 65532.
4: Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. It is so wonderful to be with our friend Liz Wheeler. Again, Liz, I know you've been away. You've been doing your own speeches. You've been doing your show, the Liz Wheeler Show. Last time I saw you, I was on your show at a play, at the National Conservatism Conference, where all three of us actually were speaking. And uh, it's wonderful to be with you finally again.
5: Yeah, it's so good to see you. It is funny how the three of us tend to always be in the same location, but not because of the same reason. We come separately, um, but we did. We got to sit down for a, a long form interview. You and I did.
4: We did, and we we actually talked about this guy, who's the other guy on this show. <laughs> What's his name? He's the sitting U.S. senator. I forget what's that. Ted Cruz. Yes. I, I
5: don't right. know if your ears were itching a little bit when we, we did discuss you. We did discuss your show, even though you weren't there. Uh,
4: w- whatever you said, I wasn't there. I didn't do it. Yeah, so whatever <laughs> it is, total lies. Do not believe a word of it. Well, we're going to be getting into exactly what happened here in not, not just not merely the the political angles and the media angles and the narratives, but what actually happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin that led to this trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Then we will get to what it means. So, Liz, we will see you in just a little bit when we need to process what all of this actually means. Thanks, Michael. Everybody at home, everybody at work
6: is talking about this verdict. And it is an amazing thing because it is so polarized. Listen, we live in a time where, where everything is polarized, but, but the morality tale that is told about the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, they're two different universes. Uh, if you talk to someone on the left, uh, they, they are horrified. They are shaken. They're like, OK, some, some crazed white supremacist illegally brought a gun across state lines and then gunned down protesters, and now he was set free and vigilantes are encouraged to shoot anyone they want. Uh, on the other side, you get a morality play of, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse, this great hero for justice, uh, was vindicated, and 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 listen, I am very glad for the verdict. I think the the, the jury reached the right verdict, which is not guilty. Uh, but but by any measure, what what happened that night in Wisconsin was a tragedy, and it was a tragedy on many fronts
4: because there there is a lot of ignorance, yes. just on the basic facts of the case. You know. I, Members of my own family have have reached out to me and said, wait, I thought this happened. Wait, I thought it was like this, you know, and and just getting things wrong. Maria Shriver actually sent out a tweet. Maria Shriver is as plugged in to the media and to politics as it can possibly be when you're a Kennedy. And nevertheless, she seemed not to understand the basic facts. I think you had a little bit of an exchange with her on Twitter.
6: Well, I I did. So so her tweet was was rather amazing uh, in, in, in that she tweeted, she said, I'm trying to take a beat to digest the written house verdict. My son just asked me, "How is it possible that he didn't get charged for anything? How is that possible?" I don't have an answer for him. And I got to say, I read this and look. On one level, it's it's stunning. I mean, this woman. I, I looked actually at her her Twitter. I wasn't sure what she's doing now, but but her Twitter bio describes herself today as an NBC anchor. So she is literally paid. To be a journalist and, and presumably to report on the news. And she has absolutely no idea what occurred. Try this. Number one, he was charged. Remember, she starts with, how could it be that he wasn't charged? He was charged. Right. He obviously was with, charged. There was a trial. He was charged with six counts. And as I tweeted, that, that thing that just finished was his trial. Right. Let, like, let's start with that. NBC is claiming he wasn't charged with anything. Very basic facts. look let, let, let's 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 stop for a second and go back to what happened that night. Last year, we all remember, uh, we saw riots occurring across the country. We saw violent riots occurring across the country. And we saw in the august of August of twenty twenty in these riots, we saw cars being firebombed we saw stores being looted we saw uh enormous mayhem and and we saw it made even worse by politicians almost exclusively democrats and maybe maybe exclusively democrats uh refusing to enforce the laws and so allowing these riots to to rage and and in in kenosha wisconsin uh there were three days of violent riots and and hundreds of fires set and and stores looted and car dealerships looted and 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 just just
4: rampant violence and this was led by blm and antifa i mean the the kenosha riot was specifically because the cops shot jacob blake who was a man who was resisting arrest who was accused of sexual assault who was reaching into a car with a weapon the car had kids in it as well Uh, you know there, there had been this long standoff where he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, su- submit to being arrested, and but but even that then caused days and days of riots, as though it were some grave injustice. Yeah, you, you, you literally had a knife wielding felon
6: uh, who was threatening the police officers who got shot, and and by the way, it's really bad idea to threaten police officers with a weapon. Uh, it it can very easily end in deadly force, and and that 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 is what occurred there. But in this hyper leftist environment. Um, a criminal threat threatening a police officer with a weapon who who in turn faces deadly force becomes lionized as a hero. Yeah. And we had riots occurring for multiple days. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse, he was 17 years old. Kyle lived uh about twenty miles away from Kenosha. So he lived in Illinois. It's it is true he lived in Illinois, uh, but right on the state line between Illinois and Wisconsin. And Kenosha, Wisconsin, is where Kyle Rittenhouse's mom lived. Uh, it's where Kyle actually worked. He worked as a lifeguard in Kenosha. So to say, cross state lines, people get this image of someone, you know, you know, me traveling from Texas to to New York right. or something. Um, right. You know, I mean, this this was twenty miles away from his house. This the, the, this was his neighborhood where his mom worked, where he had where his mom lived, where he worked. And, and there were multiple days of protests, And, and so Kyle went there to help, uh, help protect the stores, help protect the properties that were being burned, that were being looted, uh, and, and that sadly that, that the local law enforcement was not protecting. Um, he went there. Uh, one of the things that has been widely reported that, that people say is, well, he was illegally carrying a gun. Uh, that is in fact false. He actually did not carry any gun across state lines. When he got to Wisconsin, he met a friend there who had an AR-15. Now, what is an AR-15? And this is, again, where people don't people don't necessarily understand the language. An AR-15 is a rifle. It's not a machine gun. An AR-15 is a legal rifle. In fact, it's the most popular rifle in the United States of America. Uh, it is a common rifle used for home defense. Um, the difference... For those who are not uh, familiar with firearms, between an automatic rifle and a semi-automatic rifle, an automatic rifle is a machine gun. You hold the trigger down and lots of bullets come out. Um, A semi-automatic rifle, you pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out. You pull the trigger again, a second bullet comes out. So it takes one bullet for each pull of the trigger is the difference between automatic and semi-automatic. Generally speaking, automatic Rifles, machine guns, are largely, they're functionally illegal. They've been functionally illegal for over 80 years. You have very, very limited licenses and permits to get one. But as a practical matter, most Americans, it's illegal to own a machine gun. Kyle Rittenhouse didn't have a machine gun. He had a semi-automatic rifle. That rifle was his friend's rifle uh, that, that his friend allowed him to use in Kenosha that night because they were both going out to try to protect the local community, protect the local community From violent criminals that were threatening the community. So on the claim that he had an illegal gun, we know that claim is false because I mentioned a minute ago he had six charges. One of the charges that was brought against him was that he was carrying a gun illegally. That charge was dismissed by the trial court as a matter of law. The court ruled that it was wrong, that it was legal for him to possess the firearm he had. So that claim is false. What happened was a violent riot was unfolding, and the violent riot consisted of a lot of really violent criminals. Um, The first individual that that Rittenhouse encountered uh, was was a violent felon uh, named Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum is 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 was a convicted child molester, someone who served 15 years in prison, a serial child molester more, was more than more than one time. He pleaded guilty to two counts of molesting teenage boys uh, at the time he was charged. It was alleged that he had molested five different uh, teenage boys and, and he pleaded guilty and served 15 years for it. So you were talking a serious, violent criminal and child molester. Uh, Rosenbaum uh, saw Rittenhouse, angrily pursued Rittenhouse, screamed at him that he was going to kill Rittenhouse, chased Rittenhouse, and tried to physically grab his gun. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse is running away at the time. Um, He's facing a large angry, violent felon who is screaming death threats at him and trying to physically take his gun, and it is quite reasonable for someone to believe if the violent criminal succeeds in taking your gun that he will do what he is threatening to do, which is to kill you. And so Kyle Rittenhouse shoots Rosenbaum and kills Rosenbaum uh, as he's trying to take his gun. At this point... What does Rittenhouse do next? And, and, and remember the narrative that's being told of he's this, you know, crazed vigilante. He's out there like wanting to shoot people. Rittenhouse begins running towards the police barricades, trying to turn himself in. Um,
4: and a mob chases him. So. Rittenhouse running toward the cops, uh, presumably uh, not because he believes he has committed some crime, but as he's doing it, this mob, this Antifa and, and BLM mob starts chasing after him and Rittenhouse goes down. Now, at this point, you get the, the second interaction that's in play with the, the Rittenhouse trial, and that is Anthony Huber. So Anthony Huber, another convicted felon, comes up and Huber doesn't have a gun. Huber has a skateboard. Now at a lot of these BLM and Antifa riots the weapons that are used are not always conventional weapons sometimes it's a baseball bat sometimes it's a skateboard sometimes it's a, a can of soup they'll actually throw cans at you cuz cans are very heavy and if they clock you on the head uh, that's that's not going to leave you feeling very good and and that can really do some damage and but this is this is a part that's a little bit controverted because what the defenders of these felons and Antifa and BLM were saying is that Rittenhouse had no right to shoot a guy who was simply uh, hitting him with a skateboard. Actually, one of the prosecutors in the case said, look, everybody takes a beating every now and again. Is that, is that the legal standard? You, you know, it's, it, it's not. Um, y- you have a right to
6: defend yourself from an imminent threat uh, to, to your life, an imminent threat of harm. And, and he's afraid for his life. And so Huber is, is the second person as this guy is assaulting him again that he shoots and and, and kills Huber. He then has a, a third violent felon, uh, Gage Grosskreutz, who are right, a third convicted felon, is chasing him. Uh, he, Grosskreutz is armed. Now, interestingly, somebody here did have a gun illegally. That would be Gage Grosskreutz who was the felon, who illegally had a firearm, was carrying it illegally without a license. And Gage testifies at the trial (laughs) that he points his gun directly at Kyle from three feet away, points his gun. And when he points his gun, Kyle fires again, hits him in the arm, doesn't kill Gage. Gage survives and testifies, but does real damage to his arm. Um, Those are the three people that were shot that night. Now, it's worth noting several of the facts that the media got wrong. Number one, there are, I'd be willing to bet, tens of millions of people across America who believe Kyle Rittenhouse shot three black men. Because this has all been painted as a racial attack. As it so happens, Kyle Rittenhouse did not shoot any African-Americans. All three of the people he shot were white. Secondly, you know, it's interesting. I've heard some people who say, well, Rittenhouse didn't know these guys were criminals. And it's worth pausing and thinking, why is it that all three of the the people who were shot were criminals? And, And let me just say, look, when you're at a violent riot where they're committing crimes all around you, where they're burning cars, where they're looting Many of the people,
4: I'd venture to say, most of the people there are criminals. Well, this is, I think, where the confusion. Yes. This is where I think the confusion comes from, because the way the media presented this riot is they said it was a it was a peaceful protest of anti-racist demonstrators. And so yes, if if you're at a peaceful protest of anti-racist demonstrators, then you have no reason to believe that the people who are around you are criminals. But that wasn't the reality. If you are at a violent riot with arson and looting and assault and attempted murder, then there's a very good chance. If you're if you are around Antifa or some of the more lurid figures of BLM, there is a statistically, it's almost a statistical certainty that you are around criminals. So we we know what happened, which is very different than what the media told us happened. We know that legally Rittenhouse was in the right. Uh, we know that the the judge you know, then the jury reached that conclusion. Certainly, the jury reached that conclusion, and so he has been exonerated in this trial. But uh, now, now that we know what did happen, I, I think the important thing is to ask, what does it mean? And for that, I think we should bring in our friend Liz Wheeler, who is back. Liz, wonderful Thank to be you. with you again.
5: Thank you so much, Michael. Senator, I, I think a lot of people, when they hear the analysis or read the facts, um, see the reality of what actually happened. Yes, they're very grateful that our system of justice worked in this particular instance, but they also want to know what happens next. What does this mean? Um, what do we do moving yeah. forward? And one one of the biggest questions that I've seen from people all over our country, of all political stripes, is what what does it mean when the Department of Justice now says that they are going to potentially conduct a review of this verdict? Can Kyle Rittenhouse be tried again? Or what might that mean for him?
6: Well, look, the Biden Justice Department, it's, it's been fairly striking. In, in less than a year, they've managed to exceed the bar for the Obama Justice Department in terms of politicizing the Department of Justice. And I think that is an exceedingly troubling development that, that, that under Merrick Garland, this has been a left wing Democratic Department of Justice. Um, I think if the Department of Justice went after Rittenhouse, it would be an absolute abuse of power and a partisan abuse of power. There was a trial. The jury heard the evidence. The worst conduct in, in the aftermath of that night was from the media and from Democratic politicians who over and over
4: and over again referred to Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist. Senator, the president of the United States referred to Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist. He put him in a campaign ad. The wild irresponsibility of Democrat after Democrat,
6: it was a good political narrative to say this teenager was a white supremacist. The only problem for for their story was there were no facts at the trial that backed it up. And they said it anyway. They said it deliberately. They said it repeatedly. And listen, this is something I've been saying for some time. I think there are a bunch of media outlets and Hollywood celebrities who had better hire some defamation lawyers because Rittenhouse is going to be suing a lot of them, and they don't have a defense. They don't have a good defense because they're people who are actually in a position to know facts, and they decided this 17-year-old's life doesn't matter to me. I'm going to call him a Nazi. And who cares what the facts are? Because it fits my politics.
4: Well, I think that's what a lot of people are wondering now is knowing that we have very strong free speech protections in America. We don't have uh, as much of an opportunity for libel suits or, or slander or anything as they, they have in other countries. Does Rittenhouse have a case? Is he going to uh, become the new owner of <laughs> CNN or The Washington Post or, or any of those outlets?
6: So I think Rittenhouse has a very strong case. Um, I, I, yeah. I think he will file defamation lawsuits. I, I hope he has retained good and effective lawyers. And, and I think he's going to have to assess. I think there are a lot of potential candidates to be defendants for these lawsuits. And, and you know, the, 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 there's a famous um, Supreme Court decision called New York Times versus Sullivan, that concerns the standards for defamation. And basically what it says is if someone's a public figure, if someone is is has injected themselves into the public discussion, that there's a higher standard to prove defamation. So, all right, I'm a public figure. I'm a U.S. senator. I ran for office. I've been elected. Um, you can have – the New York Times can say nasty stuff about me, and they do on any given day. They probably have today. Um and as a general matter, it is very, very hard for me to sue them for defamation. Why? Because the Supreme Court New York Times versus Sullivan said for me to succeed in a defamation suit, I have to prove actual malice. It's a standard they invented, which is a higher standard that basically they have to to, to, to know they're lying or, or be hmm. – Utterly reckless in saying we don't give a damn if we're lying, we're just gonna spread it anyway. And so it's it's a pretty high standard. The interesting thing about Rittenhouse, I, I think Rittenhouse has a real argument that he was not a public figure. He was a teenage yeah. kid who the press made a public figure. But but when right. when when you started seeing the media and celebrities and Democrats attacking him, um He had not done anything to make himself a public figure. Yes, he was a defendant at trial, but that happened later. And for that matter, after the jury verdict, after it was clear that there wasn't any evidence at trial, he was a white supremacist, we saw a bunch of media folks repeating the same lies. I mean, I got to say, the ones that doubled down after the verdict, they really should have put like a giant kick-me sign on their back um, except instead of kick me, it should have said sue me because they right. don't care what the truth is. They're going to spread their political message, truth be damned. And 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 I very much hope the people who were willing to spread lies and didn't care about the truth. Um, I, I hope we see some very big uh, damages awarded to to Kyle Rittenhouse.
5: Well, I think this idea that Kyle Rittenhouse, and I agree, Senator. I mean, it seems that he's going to be in physical danger. Even his lawyer and his family have mentioned as much. But this speaks to the bigger philosophical idea that the left isn't interested in the pursuit of justice. They aren't interested in saying, listen, the jury spoke. And what, even if we disagree with the jury, this is how our criminal justice system works. No, they're interested in destroying this kid. They're interested in destroying Kyle Rittenhouse's life, his reputation, his future, because they're interested in destroying the institution. Our criminal justice system, this presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And they, they admitted as much on Twitter in, you know, during the trial itself, of course, but in the aftermath, but kind of staying within this same train, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to relent. I don't think they're going to give it up. I don't think they're going to stop coming yeah. after him. There's already been talk that they're going to be civil lawsuits against him, um, against Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, on behalf of some of the victims from a legal perspective. What do you make of that?
6: Um, Look, I think they can bring lawsuits. I think the lawsuits are very unlikely to be successful. Uh, that may not st- stop people from filing harassment lawsuits to, to try to proceed. Um, you know, we've seen in some circumstances, you think O.J. Simpson, where there were civil lawsuits uh, that, that had a lower threshold and a greater chance of success than the criminal trial. Uh, this is very different. I mean, that O.J. Simpson was not an instance of self-defense. Um, in this case, look, I think what we have seen in and around and in the aftermath of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is the perversion and destruction of our justice system from the hard left. And, and, and that was true on, on multiple levels. Uh, during the trial, you saw much of the media, you saw many of the left-wing commentators demonizing the judge, attacking the judge, personally trying to defame the judge – The judge, by the way, is trying to enforce the law. So, for example, by the way, this prosecution, this prosecutor is is the Gomer pile of screw ups (laughs) is one of the worst trial lawyers I've ever seen. He got repeatedly admonished from from the trial judge because he kept doing things wrong. He stood up to the jury and said, can you believe he exercised his right to right to uh, be silent? (laughs) Well, you're allowed to do that. The the. The Fifth Amendment protects your right to remain silent. Um, the, the moment that, that that really encapsulates it is when the prosecutor took uh, the AR-15 and pointed it at the jury with his finger on the trigger, yeah. which is horrific. And by the way, anyone who has the barest modicum of, of firearms training knows you don't put your finger on the tr- – you don't point the gun at anybody unless you are in a situation where, where you are prepared to and may need to use lethal force. And you don't put your finger on the trigger unless you are prepared to it in the instance of pulling the trigger to fire the gun. And 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 it, you know, to be honest, it when he pointed it at, at the jury, it reminded me of you know Alec Baldwin. I mean, the, 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 it was something nobody who was familiar with firearms would possibly do, and yet this clown was was literally pointing a gun and hoping it was unloaded uh, at the jury. But the perversion of justice. Those on the left, and that includes Democrats and and media and Hollywood, they don't care that the jury heard the evidence and has spoken. They don't care about self-defense. Stephen Colbert says, well, if the law says that it's self-defense, we should change the law. So what they're saying is you should not have the right if someone is violently attacking you, if you are on the ground, if a mob is chasing you, if they're beating you, if they are threatening to kill you, you should not have the right to defend yourself. That's scary stuff. But the perversion of justice is broader than that. All of this began because left wing prosecutors and left wing politicians refused to enforce the law and protect the community from Kenosha against violent rioters. If 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 law enforcement had been allowed to do its job to arrest the rioters, to put them in jail, to put them in handcuffs. You know what Rosenbaum would have still been alive. Huber would have still been alive. They would have been arrested for being violent criminals and rioting, but they would have still been alive, but but the politicians created this problem. And I got to say we saw a manifestation of that tragically this week again in Wisconsin with the horrific Christmas Christmas parade the, the 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 lunatic who drove the SUV into that parade, killing, wounding dozens, I think upwards of forty people, including young children. It, it, it was horrific, and you notice the media isn't covering what caused it. You had an individual, number one, a Black Lives Matter supporter, a rapper. A repeat felon yeah. who had just recently been arrested for what? For running someone over with his car. Not just someone, the mother of his child. He, the same car that he used to commit this crime, he had run her over with to violently assault her. He had been arrested. And there's a left-wing prosecutor the district attorney in Milwaukee, who was elected with George Soros' financial support. He's part of the left-wing prosecutors across the country who who don't prosecute violent criminals. They let this guy go. Michael, do you know what his bail was that they let him go on?
4: So there, he was. It was. it's hard to keep track because he's been arrested so many times in recent years. The first time, gosh, it was either $500 or $1,000, and I think it was $1,000 this time too. Yeah, It was $1,000 he
6: was on wow. bail for running over the mother of his child with the car. He was out on bail, and just a few days later, boom, he runs over dozens of people. And, and it, it's the same problem when you have left-wing politicians, prosecutors, DAs, governors, mayors that refuse to enforce the law, violent criminals target Innocent citizens and, and whether that is burning stores and car lots in Kenosha or, or and I mean, what a nightmare. The videos of, of, of that lunatic driving into that parade is, is, the, is the stuff of nightmares. But it's not an accident. It's the result of policies destroying
4: our justice system, which the radical left is trying to spread across the country. And this is the, the dark side of uh, criminal justice reform, and which it is the euphemism that is used for movements as radical as abolishing the police or abolishing prisons. Yep. Rashida Tlaib, the Democrat congressman, continues to maintain that we need to empty out federal prisons within 10 years, empty them all out, not leave a single person in them. And, and this is it sounds all very nice and happy and feel good and kumbaya, and we're going to be really compassionate to the criminals. Well, here's the flip side, is that people who have done very bad things, who are not reformed, who are going to do really bad things again, go out and what do they do? Surprise, surprise. They do really bad things. This is the the practical effect of of the extremes of criminal justice reform. And and hopefully people can learn a lesson from that. Republicans certainly, but hopefully Democrats too, because I don't think people like to see their their communities being torched and, and looted and, and uh, attacked by, by these criminals. I want to take a minute and praise the courage of the
6: 12 members of the jury. Yeah. Look, it was not complicated that there was and remains a very real threat to their physical safety and lives. Left-wing activists were taking their pictures. I mean, heck, MSNBC was banned from the courtroom uh, because the, the cameraman was allegedly trying to follow the jurors. And, and I promise you, those jurors knew if we vote to acquit, we may find radicals threatening us and our families. And, and you know, it's easy to say, well, of course they did the right thing. Look, jurors get scared. And, yeah. and, and it was, uh, there were a lot of forces that wanted to use the threat of violence to intimidate those jurors, to convict that kid. Facts be damned. We want a scalp. And and I just want to praise those 12 men and women for doing the right thing in the face of of a real risk of intimidation and violence. That that, that is a moment to be proud of our country and our justice system for, for ordinary Americans
4: doing their duty and following the law. Absolutely. Courage and moral clarity are in short supply, so it's it's really edifying and gratifying to, to see people exercise that. All right, we've got to go. Liz, anything before we leave?
5: Yes, we do not have time in this episode today because we had so much good content uh, for a mailbag. But for next week's episode, go on over to verdictwithtedcruise.com slash plus. If you are a subscriber on the plus community, then you get exclusive access to ask questions that the senator, Michael, and I will answer live here on the show. Go to verdictwithtedcruise.com slash plus for all kinds of extra goodies To Any questions we don't get to, here, get to here on the show, we usually try to get to over on uh, plus.
4: Michael? Excellent. And you know- There's the plus virtual digital community, but we are going to be be coming to a school near you. We are going on the road in real life. The Verdict Tour will continue with Young America's Foundation to submit your school, to apply, to have us come to your school and do a live show and talk to everybody and take your questions. Go to yaf.org. Slash Verdict. The deadline to apply is December fifteenth, so please get all of those schools in. We will go to right-wing schools. We will there. Are, what are there? Like three of those. We'll go to left-wing schools. We will go all over the country. So make sure you get your schools in. For now, that's all. I'm Michael. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation.